On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I am your host, Cody Felger. On with me, special guest. He's actually my co-host on the Colts Brawl. He does his own uh, podcast, Underdog Sports. Uh, my friend, Michael Tarazas. Michael, how are you feeling, man? The NFL draft is officially come and gone for the Colts in 2020. Uh, how are you feeling overall, man, uh, from draft weekend? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, it was my first time actually covering the draft. You know, this is my first year doing the the podcast and everything, and just to lay back, just to, you know, relax for a few days and just watch uh, guys have their dreams come true, man. It was just, it, it just felt good, man. It was relaxing. I feel good for the Colts. I feel uh, good where they're at. And I think they had a, a pretty good draft. They did. And they added to a lot of the positions that I know we have talked about on the podcast. We've talked about off air. Um, Derek and I have talked about, there was a lot of positions coming into this draft we felt like the Colts needed to address and sometimes doubly address, which we'll get into. Um, and we felt like for the most part, the Colts addressed those needs. And so what we're going to do today in this podcast is kind of look over the 2020 Colts draft class, kind of look at the positions that they addressed, the needs that they filled, and then look at maybe are there any other positions that they didn't you know, get to in the draft? And are there any ways that they can kind of add to that position um, via free agency and so uh, we can start here with the with the Colts' first pick, thirty fourth overall, second in the second overall pick in the second round, wide receiver Michael Pittman from USC. And I know Michael, this is a guy that you really liked a lot. You had mocked to the Colts in thirty four, I believe, six four two twenty three. So he is a good sized wide receiver. He's a guy that goes up and kind of fits the mold to kind of some of the Philip Rivers type receivers that he's thrown to. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Michael Pittman uh, in his fit here with the Colts offense? Yeah, man, he he was one of my highlighted guys, one of my five highlighted uh, wide receivers that I thought the Colts should go uh, for their future number one uh, receiver. And when I first studied Michael Pittman, I didn't think too highly of him. Uh, I, I watched some tape and I saw a guy who basically like a 50, 50 ball kind of guy. And I didn't dig that deeper until probably about another month later, I started, started looking deeper again and man, I saw great hands. He basically catches everything his way. He has good speed after the catch. Uh, he's a good route runner. And he, uh, he reminded me, man, I just kept studying him and studying him. He reminds me a lot of Reggie Wayne. He really does. He's not, I guess you could say, 
He's not going to be the Antonio Brown, the Michael Thomas. He's not going to do those things. Man, he's just going to get touchdowns. He's going to be reliable. He's going to have solid 100% for sure hands, and he'll he'll just be a top target, especially for Phillip Rivers. I like the pick. I know there was some discussion, you know, about trading back a little bit. But Chris Ballard came out and said he wasn't uh, a big fan of those packages that he would have gotten. So he decided to stay uh, firm at 34 and go with Michael Pittman. I think it addressed basically the biggest need we had on this team. He addressed it with the first pick, um, their first pick of the draft. And I thought it was a great selection. I honestly thought, you know, it could have been Denzel Mims. I was actually kind of surprised to see him fall where he fell. I was surprised to see a lot of guys fall where they fell. Uh, But Mm -hmm. with Michael Pittman, man, I just look at him and and I see, you know, I don't want to put too much praise on him, but he has a chance to be an offensive rookie of the year or rookie of the year, depending on how much Frank Reich wants to throw the ball, how many times Phillip Rivers wants to target him. He he's going to be a player for the Indianapolis Colts. I, I know that for sure. Yeah. And when you mentioned Reggie Wayne, uh, I'm, I'm sure you're not talking especially about his frame because he's a, he's a bigger receiver than Reggie Wayne, right? Reggie Wayne, I believe mm-hmm. is like six yeah. foot. Michael Pittman is six, four, two twenty three. He honestly, and I heard somebody say it this way. I don't know if you'll agree with this. Somebody said he's basically Devin Funches, but without the drop problem. Like he's a guy oh, that, that has the I same set. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy that has the same size, pretty similar actually, you know, 6'4, 223. Uh, but he's a guy that had a 2.7 drop rate. I believe he dropped all of five passes in his entire career at USC, which yep. we know, especially seems like the last decade, besides T.Y. Hilton, the Colts have had trouble holding on to the football and also getting separation, making plays after the catch. That has been a big, big issue for the Colts for it seems like a long time since Peyton Manning retired almost um, and Reggie Wayne retired. But, you know, for Pittman, he's a guy that does that. He's a guy that's big. He can box out defenders just purely on his size and his length. But he's also, you know, you, you look at a guy like T. Higgins, right, the guy that was taken right before him at, at, with, uh, at pick 33 for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I believe, you know, they're about the same size. Uh, I think that T. Higgins has a little bit longer arms and stuff, but height-wise, they're pretty similar. But I believe Michael Pittman's a better athlete. He's not just a guy that's just a red zone target. He is a red zone target, but he that's not his only part of his game, right? He's a guy mm-hmm. that actually is very fast for how big he is. And he's also a guy that does really well with, you know, receiving yards after the catch, the rack after the catch type of thing. Uh, so I think it's a really good fit here. Um, it fits well with what Frank Reich wants to do. And I think he's honestly a pretty darn good compliment in terms of size to T.Y. Hilton. Um, but yeah, he's just a guy that I think it makes a lot of sense. It seems like the Colts had him pretty high up there on their board. I mean, Chris Ballard talked about, you know, you don't never want to force it. He, you know, he talked about that when asked about the quarterback. He's like, we're not going to force a pick. But it, it certainly seems like this was filled, the Colts believe, the best player on their board, and also the biggest position of need. So for those reasons, I love this pick quite a lot. Um, 
but moving on here now to the next pick the Colts made, they actually traded up for this pick. Uh, they originally had pick 44. They traded up three spots to pick 41, gave away a fifth round pick, which eventually uh, they traded with the Lions and got another got a fifth round pick back. But they select running back Jonathan Taylor. And I know this one was a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people, especially because Marlon Mack, a thousand yard season. Uh, the Colts had a top 10 rushing attack in 2019. But, you know, the Colts select Taylor here and they trade up to do so. Um, at, at first, I think I was initially very surprised. I was like, Chris Ballard just took a running back this high? That's crazy. But when I looked more into Jonathan Taylor's tape, I mean, you're talking about a guy that is a dog in there. I mean, he's a guy at Wisconsin that ran for 2,000 yards in back-to-back seasons and last season scored 21 rushing touchdowns alone. So, uh, uh, I guess, what are your thoughts here, Michael, on Jonathan Taylor being the, the next Indianapolis Colts running back and the most recent running back taken by the Colts here in 2020? Yeah, he is definitely one of the biggest surprises of the draft when I heard you know when I saw that they traded up Chris Ballard traded up to the 41st pick I was just sitting there I I, I honestly didn't know what to think I'm just like he's trading up so you know I honestly thought it might have been you know could have been a Trayvon Diggs a uh, Grant Delpit maybe Jeremy Chen someone like that but then it ended up being Jonathan Taylor. And it's one of those things where you don't necessarily look at it as a need, but when it's done, it makes sense because I love Marlon Mack. I love him. I was his biggest advocate when people were talking about the Colts should go after Le'Veon Bell, but I'm, I'm on this pick 100%. I am with this pick 100% because Marlon Mack's history tells you he's going to miss games. And if if the Colts want to be the dominant rushing team that they want to be, they can't have their guys missing games. I mean, just last year, he broke his hand by stiff-arming a guy, slightly stiff-arming someone in the Jacksonville Jaguars game. I was just sitting there saying, I was like, how did he break his hand? So in Jonathan Taylor... You're getting a guy who is 5'10". He is strong. He has combination of strength, top-end speed, great vision, great vision as a running back. And the biggest, his biggest impact on this team in 2020 is going to come in the second half. I expect to see a tale of two halves for the Colts. You know, in the first half, of a game, you're going to see Marlon Mack. And in the second half of a game, Jonathan Taylor is going to lean on a defense. Okay. I know he's got a couple of, um, of uh, fumble issues, but so did Naheem Hines and the Colts running back coach fixed that. He hasn't have had a fumble. I believe probably since his rookie uh, preseason uh, portion now with Jonathan Taylor, that's what he's going to provide. He's going to get better on taking care of the football. He's actually a very good blocker. That's actually something that doesn't really get talked about because at Wisconsin, he just ran crazy. They just had him run the ball. But when he was out there in pass protection, he wasn't afraid. 
So you gain another quality there. And with look, Chris Ballard had to do this because either Chicago was going to get him or Jacksonville was going to grab him. And he they're a division rival. You don't want them to lean on your defense. So what do you do? You go up and get that guy, and then now you're going to lean on Jacksonville's defense. So I'm all for it. Jonathan Taylor is going to elevate this offense just like I think Phillip Rivers will, just like I think Michael Pittman will. So Chris Ballard said he wanted more explosive plays. They sat down and they said, we need more explosive plays. Well, you're about to get really explosive with Michael Pittman Jr. and Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a few points there I kind of want to double back on. The first one being Marlon Mack. I mean, he's a guy phenomenal and electric when he's on the field. But the issue is he hasn't played all 16 games for the Colts since being drafted in 2017. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he's been dealing with different issues. And that's just kind of part of the NFL game, right? Especially at the running back position. Seems like running backs are constantly, you know, it's a top run. Somebody's a top running back. A few years later, you know, they're not very good. Like David Johnson, for example. He was mm-hmm. phenomenal a few years ago. And all of a sudden, David Johnson, I mean, Bill O'Brien must think he still is. But everybody else, all 31 other teams know what David Johnson is. Um but yeah, like with Marlon Mack, he's a guy that historic, you know, history has shown you can't probably count on him, like you said, for 16 games. So you bring in a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who I know uh, he has had a lot of carries in college, which will scare some people away saying, man, he, you know, how much tread is, is on his tires after running so many times with Wisconsin. But I look at it kind of like this. You're not going to you're not going to have a workhorse back kind of like you did last year with Marlon Mack because you have two guys now. And I think some people had thought, well, does this mean Marlon Mack gets traded? I don't think it does. I think it just means now you have a great one two punch in Taylor and Mack. However, that plays out, whoever's a number one and number two, um, you got guys that you know that you don't have to have Marlon Mack run it 20, 30 times per game. Right, you can split the carries, keep both guys fresh, and also keep them from wearing down. So uh, I like that a lot in terms of that goes. Um, you have Naheem Hines, who's probably going to do more in the passing game um, as far as like receiving. We know he's a, a phenomenal athlete there. But one thing that I kind of wanted to touch on, and I kind of heard uh, saw on Twitter that uh, Colt, the Colts believe that Jonathan Taylor is just scratching the surface in his receiving game out of the backfield. And this is the guy that didn't really catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. He wasn't asked to. As you mentioned, he just they just ran with him, and he ran wild. He was phenomenal. Uh, so he didn't really get involved in the in the pass catching game. But it's not like he can't pass catch. It's just Wisconsin. He was that good. You don't have to pass the ball. Why do they you? Didn't ask him. Um, it, right. They didn't ask him to do it. But that is a, something that I think could be established, and could bring another element to Jonathan Taylor's game. It's in terms of the receiving game. Um, I just think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for those reasons. Uh, I really am. The more I'm looking at it and thinking, I'm like, wow, you know, you think about Chris Ballard's history, right? With drafting running backs. I mean, before Jonathan Taylor, his best, his highest pick was the fourth round. I mean, you got Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines in the fourth round, and then you got Jordan Wilkins in the fifth round. And even last year, Jonathan Williams, um, you get him undrafted. And so Chris Ballard, for, for him to pick a running back this high, I think that speaks volumes to the talent level 
of a guy like Jonathan Taylor because Chris Ballard does not normally invest this type of draft capital into running backs. He just hasn't done it. Um, so I think that can't be understated enough. Uh, I think that this is a phenomenal pick. Chris Ballard and company, they've done their homework, especially it's not like he also, it's not like he just fell to them. They traded up to get him because they believed that he was that good of a running back. And so uh, that, you know, mixed with all the other reasons I've said, makes me feel pretty good about this pick, honestly. Uh, and then we can move on now. The Colts, with their first two picks, address the offense. Uh, in the third round, they went back to defense. They took Utah safety Justin Blackman, a guy who got injured at the end of last year. Chris Ballard thinks that, you know, maybe he's not a guy that's uh, – he's not – he may not play the first month of the season because he still is recovering and rehabbing. Um, but he's a guy that I believe he's going to play probably free safety for you. Uh, he he was a ball hawk for Utah um, last year. He, he's been a pretty good player for them overall. Um, but I'm curious here, Michael, what are your thoughts here on this guy? Uh, I think some people may have thought with the uncertainty around Malik Hooker, this pick probably makes some more sense, but uh, what are your thoughts here, especially now with it seems like the Colts are going to keep Hooker? Uh, what are your thoughts with Justin Blackman and what he can add to this uh, Colts safety group? Yeah, I think when the Colts drafted Julian Blackman, I think what it said was that Malik Hooker is not going anywhere. Uh, Chris Ballard yeah. still thinks highly of him. And I remember watching that Utah Oregon. Oregon Pac-12 championship game and just seeing that ACL injury I just felt bad for the guy uh I thought it was going to hurt his draft stock and it actually ended up doing that because at number 85 I thought he was going to be a second round pick for sure so you knew the Colts had to address a safety to put depth behind Kari Willis and like you said he can play both free safety, strong safety, and he'll probably do a little slot corner, maybe. So, you know, it's looking like he probably won't contribute to the team till about probably late October, early November. But I mean, you can't you can't deal uh you can't, I guess you could say, go against the talent. My thing is is, you know, I'm a little 50-50 on this uh to be honest with you, Cody. I do like the player. It's just this ACL injury, man. It's the worst mm -hmm. injury you can have. And especially if you're a wide, rangy safety, I I honestly don't know, Cody. I really don't. I me personally, I think I probably would have gone with a healthier safety if I'm being honest with you. But I am truly hoping he turns into what Chris Ballard is hoping for. If, if he doesn't become a starter, I think he can be a really good, really good depth piece. And I am rooting for him 100% to return to his old self. But, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that doesn't have a great track record when it comes to ACL injuries. You know, uh, to get into more of a player, like I said, he's rangy, man. He's good. He has good hips. He can flip them real well. He can cover both ends of the field. He's a good for sure tackler. Remember, Chris Ballard, Matt Eberflus, they love those secondary guys to tackle. And that's what he does well. So you get more speed in the back end to help, you know, cover those deep balls. 
I think Julian Blackman, if I'm being honest with you, he might be a little bit faster than Malik Hooker. So, hmm. you know, it's it'll be interesting to see him in the secondary. I think I think he can turn into a good player. Yeah. And, you know, I like this move because it's kind of similar to me a little bit to the running back situation because I would say if you ask Colts fans, who are probably the two players, if you had to bet on your roster, that are probably going to miss some games, I would probably say Malik Hooker and Marlon Mack. And uh, (laughs) so Justin Blackman here, um, is it Julian Blackman or Justin Blackman? Is it Justin Justin Blackman? Okay, the article I'm reading says, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Justin Blackman, he was a yeah. uh, Oklahoma State wide receiver. He ended up going to Jacksonville like in 2011 or something. Yeah, okay. I, that's why, like you said, Julian, and I was like, that sounds right, but why does this say – so Yahoo Sports <laughs> is uh, lying to you. It says Justin Blackman, uh, former wide receiver, very talented wide receiver that didn't pan out in Jacksonville. It's actually Julian Blackman. I apologize. I've been saying Justin Blackman. Uh, but Julian Blackman, I look at it – as just more insurance uh, for Malik Hooker, because odds are he's probably not going to play 16 games. He hasn't played 16 games since he's been drafted. It's 2017, Marlon Mack, same trend. But he's a guy that I think, you mentioned the ACL injury. Obviously, those are kind of scary. But I kind of look back at it, and I've seen some players come back from ACL injuries and play very well. And the good news is it's not like he's he's an older player, right? He's a younger yeah. guy. I think yeah. he can recover faster from this. And I think if you, you know, this sounds bad because obviously you don't want anybody to suffer an ACL injury, but I feel like if you're going to suffer one in your pro career, it's probably better to suffer it in college because you can recover faster. And you, you even look at Frank Gore, for example. I believe he was a guy that tore his ACL in college at Miami, and then he goes on and he doesn't miss a game for his, basically his entire NFL career. Um, so you just never know with that. I know it's a little bit scary, but you mentioned it. It's a value pick similar to Jonathan Taylor. I thought he might go in the first round. Jonathan Taylor, Justin Blackman could potentially was a second round talent. I think it makes a lot of sense because you get a guy, if he can get healthy and get right, could potentially be a safety of the future for you. If Malik Cooker doesn't pan out, uh, potentially second round talent you get here at pick 85. And you also, by the way, you traded down 10 picks from 75 to 85 and you still grab a second round talent. I personally am a fan of the move, and it's not like he's gonna be a starter, you know, in twenty. Uh, unless something crazy happens, he's probably not gonna be a starter for you. So he's not gonna have to be forced right back into action right off of an ACL tear for you. Um, he can kind of ease back into that. So I like it for that reason and those reasons that I mentioned. Um, but we can move on now to the fourth round. The Colts went back to offense. This pick was probably one of my favorite picks in terms of the value the Colts got for this guy um, projected with the talent level. I believe that he could possess and the attributes I believe he could possess in the fourth round pick 122. The Colts take quarterback Jacob Eason out of Washington, a guy that I thought was going to go second round at latest third round Colts get him at fourth in the fourth round at pick 122. He certainly has the attributes to potentially be, and I don't, you know, I know Chris Ballard and Frank Reich were kind of just like, well, let's, he's got a ways to go here. Let's not crown this guy as a next savior at quarterback, but he's a guy that I really think has a lot of the stuff that you like in potentially your franchise quarterback. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Colts taking Jacob Eason in the fourth round? 
Yeah, he's definitely going to be um, a developmental quarterback, but the arm talent is there, man. The arm talent is absolutely there. He has the biggest arm in the draft. Uh, you know, I was debating with some people on Twitter, you know, oh, they should have just gone Jordan Love or something like that. No, I'm going to say this between J- Jordan Love and Jacob Eason. And finally, I will not have to talk about Jordan Love on any Colts podcast again. So Jordan Love has potential. That's it. Potential. That's all I ever hear. You don't draft potential at number 13 overall. You draft a player that you know who's going to be an all-pro player, that you know who's going to be a pro bowler for your team. I'm not okay with just drafting potential in the first round. But here in the fourth round, that's where I want to draft potential because with Jacob Eason – it's there. It's got some good footwork, you know, the pocket awareness, you know, he can get better at that. Cause I know, uh, I know we're used to Andrew Luck having that, although he decided to get hit a lot of times, I would like to see J- uh, Jacob Easton get better. Uh, you know, they say he cracks under pressure a little bit. That's one knock I'll probably have on him. Uh, if, you know, when it comes to Jacob Eason, look, man, he's a developmental quarterback. I think, you know, Chris Ballard has said it. If they feel they can get better at a position, they're going to. And he's he is serious. He is adding players to this team, to positions of need, to the quarterback. So now Phillip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, Jacob Eason are on the roster. Jacob Eason, he's not going to play uh, in 2020. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe he will, because we never know. You know, the Seahawks took Russell Wilson in the third round and expected Matt Hasselbeck, I believe, to be the quarterback. No, Matt Flynn, you remember. Matt Flynn, Matt Flynn. I remember yeah. that. I knew it was a Matt somewhere. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it was a Matt somewhere. Okay, thank you. And look what Russell Wilson turned out to be. He's probably one of the best accurate quarterbacks in the NFL today, a Super Bowl champion, the heart and soul of the Seahawks. So you never know. You know, I'm not even going to rule him out for 2020. He could come in and basically outshine Phillip Rivers. So, you know, this offensive system is going to be good for him. The quick passes, I think he'll, you know, get adjusted to the playbook really well. He really should build a rapport with T.Y. Hilton because that's going to be that's going to be the number one guy. And, you know, I actually feel pretty good about Jacob Eason. I was actually excited when we made the pick because I thought, you know, I know we have Phillip Rivers for one year. I think it might be time to take a quarterback, whether that was Jacob Eason or Anthony Gordon. And they took Jacob Eason and I. I couldn't be happier. Because, you know, it's kind of like I tweeted this about Michael Pittman when we drafted him. And I'm going to say this about Jacob Eason. When I'm watching him on film, I can already see him playing in a Colts uniform. I, I, I can already just see it. And, you know, behold, Michael Pittman Jr. and Jacob Eason are Colts. So he'll need to come in. 
he'll need to fi- uh, fix that pocket awareness. And then, you know, this is only you, – you can't get coached on this. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. But I would love to see him in some big moments in the preseason to work on that pressure. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's yeah. where I'm at with Jake Beeson. Am I, I'm pretty positive on him. So time will tell. We need to wait and see how he develops. Yeah, and not to mention, you don't have a quarterback outside of Jacob Eason now on, you know, that's under contract beyond this season. So it makes sense for that. Look into the future. He's a guy that has all the attributes to be an NFL player. He's not a player that, you know, he's there's a reason why he fell to the fourth round, right? He's got some work to do. He's a guy, if I think Frank Reich mentioned his footwork needs some help and some other things uh, that he's just going to have to learn. But he's a guy that definitely um, is – I tweeted this out. I said he's basically the anti-Jacoby Brissett, right? He's a guy that's not afraid to throw it deep, give his guy chance, chances. And I was even watching some of like just his highlights to just kind of see what is all the hype around this guy. Um, and, man, some of those throws that he makes, I mean, you just can't teach that. And I know there are some moments that he made boneheaded plays – but, you know, you look at it overall and you're just like, this guy has a rare arm talent. And I think, yeah. you know, when people think arm talent, they just think of throwing the ball down the field, you know, T.Y. Hilton basically type of throws. But it's more than that. It's fitting the ball into tight windows. And I saw Jacob Eason do that so many, so many times at Washington. Um, and there was actually so many games. I was like, how did they not have a better record than they did? Because Jacob Eason put them in positions to win. And I just looked at it and – it just didn't make any sense to me why that was happening, why Washington didn't have a better record than they did in 2019. Um, but he's a guy that certainly gives me Philip Rivers vibes in terms of what he wants to push the ball down the field. And he's going to do that, you know, and, and it'll be quite, there'll be questions on, well, should you have made that throw, you know, kind of a gunslinger mentality type of player, but overall, I mean, he's going to – if he gets time, you know, whenever he gets to start, if he gets to start for the Colts, he's definitely – the Colts are going to have a top passing offense. That's just the type of player that he is. Um, you know, and that's kind of what Philip Rivers is as well. Like the Chargers, you know, no matter regardless of how bad Philip Rivers was in terms of interceptions last year, the Chargers still had one of the top passing yard offenses. And I think uh, Jacob Eason is the type of quarterback that has the arm strength to make any NFL throw, and uh, that's just not teachable. So I like this pick here, especially the fourth round. Developmental guy that, who knows, has all the physical attributes to be your franchise quarterback potentially. And it certainly seems like he understands that he's not a perfect prospect, that he has some things he has to work on, um, and it'll certainly be uh, really intriguing to see how he fits with the Colts here in year one and what he develops and uh, how Frank Reich and company can get the best out of Jacob Beeson. But just adding more talent to that quarterback room, I really, really like that pick a lot, especially for the value you got there. Um, and moving on now to the fifth round pick, 149. Uh, the Colts selected offensive lineman Danny Pinter from Ball State, so local product. He played some offensive tackle for ball state, but the Colts feel like he can slide inside and play guard. You know, Chris Ballard said guard center is probably where we like him the best. Um, but he's a guy that's a li- you know, he's about 300 pounds, six, four. Um, he was actually a tight end when he came into college, 
So he's very athletic. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Danny Pinter coming to the Colts here at pick 149? Uh, before I get to that, I actually want to ask you one one question on Jacob Easton, Cody. Yeah, yeah. What's up? Doris Fountain has the number 10. Do you think Ooh, Jacob Easton true. Get, do you think do you think Jacob Easton gets number 12? Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. Oh crap. <laughs> Old fans are going to lose their mind if Jacob Beeson gets number 12. Whoo, I don't know, maybe maybe Jacob Beeson goes number 11 or Reese Fountain goes number 11 and Jacob Beeson takes 10. I don't know, man. If I was Jacob Beeson, I would stay as far away from number 12 as I could right now. Uh I don't know. Like I'm trying to think what number he could have. Hmm. He'll I would probably, probably I, I I would hope that eleven. Yeah, eleven. Because Deion Keynes is not here anymore. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just wanted yeah. to add some <laughs> speculation to the show. Okay. All right. So oh, yeah. with Bring it, with dude. Danny we'll with Danny Pen- comment, uh. oh, <laughs> definitely, man. Definitely. Go ahead. With Danny Pinter, you said he uh, he started at you know at college. He started at tight end. So they moved him to guard and. That means he has a good athletic ability. He tested well at the combine. He does have short arms, which basically tells you he's not going to be at the tackle spot. He was a right tackle in college, but he is going to be on the inside. He is a good pass blocker. He's strong. And this is the biggest thing when it came. You know, um, our buddy Zach Hicks, he tweeted out a while, look out for Danny Pinter from Ball State for the Colts. He, he he put it out there. The biggest thing that I linked Danny Pinter to the Colts was that he was a fantastic zone blocker. What was the thing that I pointed out, you know, when it came to our running game, running east to west, was zone blocking. And, you know, negative four yards, negative two yards, Run straight ahead, gain seven yards. Oh, let's get a loss of two yards. No, that's what not Danny Pinter is going to be for the Colts. When he gets the chance to start, which I actually think he will, uh, whenever Mark Lewinsky's contract is up or if he ever gets traded, he is going, Danny Pinter is going to get in that role at right guard. He is going to go in there and he's going to make this offensive line even better. You know, I know people were asking for the the successor to Anthony Costanzo. You know, Chris Ballard just wasn't comfortable with the tackles in this draft. He just wasn't, you know, really there with them. So that basically tells you what he thought of the tackles in this draft. But offensive line was offensive line depth was a need. And Cody, I think we are getting a player who is better than the guy we lost in Joe Haig. I I think better. Yes. When it comes to pass blocking zone blocking. And remember, we already know what Joe Haig is. You know, he's been here this long in the NFL. We know what he is with Pinter. He gets to the Colts. He's going to grow even more. Remember, he's only been a lineman for two years. So he's going to learn more 
from Ryan Kelly, from Braden Smith, who was a right guard and now plays right tackle. He's going to learn more from Quentin Nelson, the best pure offensive lineman in the NFL. He's going to learn, and I think he's going to become really, really good for the Colts. Mm, And they get him in the fifth round, which I think is phenomenal value as well, especially if you're looking potentially at your right guard of the future. Um, I like that a lot. But, you know, maybe if he doesn't start this year, he could be a rotational guy for you. Kind of, you mentioned a guy, Joe Haig. He could kind of fill that role this year um, because the Colts are going to probably try him there at at guard and at center. Uh, So I think right now, if he doesn't beat out Mark Lewinsky at right guard, he's certainly a guy that I think can, can just be a serviceable backup for now as he continues to develop his game. Because you're right, he still is very young in his offensive line career. Um, but he's a guy, certainly, that that I think can bring something different, especially within the zone blocking, to this Colts offensive line, which I think that they definitely need, um, especially with right guard being the biggest weakness last year on the Colts offensive line. Um, all right, moving over now to round six. The Colts actually had three, no, four picks in, in round six. The first pick they had, 193 they add to their defensive line. <laughs> you know, it's, it seems like it's just every year Chris Ballard has to add to his defensive line, right? And and they add a guy here from Penn State, Robert Windsor. Uh, you know, more of a guy, I think, that coming into Ball State, he played more of nose tackle. Then he lost like 30 pounds and ended in the three technique. So he's played both positions. Uh, what are your thoughts here on Robert Windsor? Do you think he has any impact here? Uh, do you think he even makes the final roster for the Colts? They have a super deep defensive interior right now. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Penn State product? Yeah, man, this was a surprising pick for me, if I'm being honest with you, man. When it came to the three techniques, the nose tackles that were on the board, I mean, you had Benito Jones. You had you had other guys on there that I probably would have gone uh, with rather than Windsor, but Windsor – he won't give you anything super athletically. He won't give you anything, you know, superb. But he will add competition to those depth pieces on the interior. He will. He is strong, and he's a great energy player. He's almost like a Sheldon Day when it comes to he'll just give you effort. He'll just give you energy. And that's that's basically what Robert Windsor is. That's what I expect him to be. Uh you know, I I actually don't know what is in store for him in terms of a Colts career. Does he make the final roster? I'm going to probably I'm gonna probably say yes because I think the Colts really want to see Taekwon Lewis at defensive end. Uh, so he'll probably mm-hmm. leave the interior. And that will leave some depth for Windsor on the interior. And the Colts did not go with any other defensive end. Uh, He did not add to the defensive end group, which I think is a good idea because, you know, you drafted these young guys high. And, you know, Taekwon Lewis, Kamoko Toure, Ben Banigou. And I think it's just time for them to play. You know, no more signing guys drafting guys to be in front of them. It's time to go out and see what you have. It's time, you know, let these young guys work. So I think that was a good part on the defensive end since we're talking about a defensive line prospect. Uh, So with Windsor, 
it's hard to say. You know, I think I honestly think he he makes the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think like where he'll be. I, I ideally, he'll probably be the fifth defensive interior lineman if you're looking at it from Grover he'll be Stewart. Three you think he'll be uh, yeah three technique? So, um, you know, you got obviously DeForest Buckner, Danico Autry, who could potentially play some end. I know he's played some end with the Colts a little bit, but you got two guys there, so he could be he would probably be the third three technique. Um, do you think there's a spot on the roster though for a third three technique? I think there is because you know it just depends on you know, what other positions are going to have what? Is the running back group going to have four or three? The tight ends, are they going to have three or four? The wide receivers, are they going to have five or six? This is basically, you know, I think this is probably an impossible question until we hit the end of training camp or probably the third preseason game. Because by then, we can tell who's all on this roster, who's all competing, and by then we'll have a better, you know, a better estimate of where he can be. I think there is potentially a place for him on this roster. You know, probably he's probably going to have to earn his bones on special teams as a down lineman, probably on punt return or punt. So it's tough, man. Windsor is an interesting uh, prospect, an interesting player, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it all turns out for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And staying in the sixth round, uh, pick 211, the Colts actually traded former second rounder Quincy Wilson, uh, the corner out of Florida. They trade him away for pick two num- number 211. They select essentially his successor, another corner, Isaiah Rogers out of UMass, a little bit smaller than Wilson. Uh, but, you know, a guy that is super, super fast, uh, you know, could play maybe some slot for you. I know slot, especially when Kenny Moore went down last year, was a big, big thing uh, that the Colts struggled with. What are your thoughts here on the Colts? First off, trading away Quincy and then uh, drafting Isaiah Rogers. I think it was probably time uh, for the Colts to move on from Quincy because you, you just didn't have consistency with Wilson. You just did it. And his rookie year was probably his best year. Probably. You know, he was the guy that they were throwing out there on number one receivers. Uh, 2018 was was a good season. And then yesterday, last year, he, he found himself in a very awkward, difficult situation. He was a healthy scratch, I believe, four times in a row. And Chris Ballard actually talked about that. And he said that, you know, when you play, when you're not one of the top three corners, you earn your spot on game day through special teams. And Quincy Wilson was a scratch. So that means something wasn't there in practice. It wasn't there in the games. And I think, you know, by year four with a corner, a elite position, a premier position, you have to know what you have. And I think Chris Ballard knew what he had and it was time to go. So uh, best of luck to Quincy. He went to the Jets, which are the second home for Indianapolis Colts players, the Rex Hogan uh, connection. So uh, best of luck to him. 
with Isaiah Rogers, at first I wasn't on board with the pick. So last night I did some digging. I watched more film because I probably spent like probably 10 minutes on him, probably if I'm being honest. So I spent more time on him. He is 5'9", a little bit undersized, but he's going to probably be working in the slot. Uh, They'll probably kick Kenny Moore probably more out or vice versa. And I think his immediate impact is going to come on special teams. He has good vision as a kick returner, punt returner on kickoff. He's actually pretty fast. You know, he's a willing tackler and that's going to get you far as a secondary player in this uh, Colts defense. You know, I think he has good cover skills in zone. You know, I think he's, he's a good fit. He's a great fit actually, you know, after I got done, I just said, wow, what a good pick. That That's all I had to say. What a good pick. Uh, he returned, I believe, four interceptions for touchdowns, I believe, at uh, UMass. So the Colts are just finding ways to get quality, effective players, man. It's just they, they're just finding them, man. They're finding players who are going to make a difference on this team. So with the Rodgers pick, I like it. Yeah. And he's not a guy that's probably going to play. Like you mentioned, he's, if he makes the roster more on special teams. Um, so that really won't impact the top of the Colts secondary at all. Uh, just to add another guy. It's kind of like you're trading a guy uh, in Quincy Wilson, a guy who doesn't play special teams, which I always thought was super odd. Like why couldn't Quincy Wilson learn to play special teams? Like I just, it always bothered me. And I was just like, just do just learn to play special teams and you can have a spot on this roster, but whatever Quincy Wilson, for some reason, couldn't play special teams. So the Colts pick a guy who can, Isaiah Rogers. I like him a lot, a bit undersized, but super fast. Um, a guy that is, I think, can be a potential solid backup slot corner. I know TJ Carey played some slot last year, but he only signed a one-year deal. So this could potentially be your backup guy uh, for Kenny Moore after this year at the slot corner position. Um, the Colts picked again at 212 right after that. Um, they select wide receiver Desmond Patman. I believe I'm saying that right. Pateman, Patman out of Washington State, another big body receiver, 6'4", a big guy. He's a little bit heavier than Michael Pittman. Um, What are your thoughts here on the Colts selecting and giving Phillip Rivers another potential big-bodied weapon in Patman? He's a guy who can win 50-50 balls. Uh, You know, he had a pretty good quarterback at Washington State, Anthony Gordon, and watching Patman, I actually liked Patman early on. I didn't think he would be drafted high. I thought he would be targeted in the fifth or sixth round and he has good size, another big body. You know, I think Phillip rivers has probably been talking to Chris Ballard. Look, if you get wide receivers, get them big. That's what I like. So that's probably what they've been doing. He has good speed, good speed. He will work good out of the slot and he will probably his best fit on this Colts offense is probably going to come on third and shorts fourth and shorts, and in red zone uh, situations. I think Patman does make the roster, in my opinion. I think Mm -hmm. the Colts will carry six wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, Zach Paschal, Desmond Patman, and Reese Fountain in that order. I think you have good hands. Mm -hmm. Your hands at wide receiver got better. That's what I'm going to say. They got better. You got Desmond Patman, 
Michael Pittman Jr. for sure hands. They have big hands as well. So catching the ball is not going to be a problem for these guys. He's a good, uh, solid route runner. Uh, he had a, some, you know, I know I just spoke on his hands, but he did struggle a little bit early on in his career with drops. But he's a threat downfield. He is a big-time threat downfield, and you even touched on it when we were talking about the quarterback. Whether if it's Jacob Eason of the future or Phillip Rivers in 2020, Patman is going to see Patman and Pittman Jr. are going to see a lot of balls thrown to them downfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, can he play special teams too? Is he a guy that you know, either if he is the fifth or sixth receiver, um, he's probably not going to see the field a whole lot. Is he a guy that can also contribute on special teams? Yeah, I think he's good as a gunner. Uh, you know, on the on the punt. On the kickoff, I think he'll find a spot on punt returns because that's just something the Colts have been vocal about when it comes to special teams. They take special teams very seriously. That's just as important than the offense or the defense. And guys who are going to be fast, guys who are going to be physical, those are the guys that they're bringing in. And I think he finds his spot. And I think he actually does show out a little bit in training camp that earns him the spot. Hmm. Yeah. And one thing I forgot, just speaking of thinking of special teams, Isaiah Rogers can also uh, return some kicks and punts for you, which yeah. I think will be uh, an interesting thing, especially with Chester Rogers, who was your uh, punt returner last year, not coming back, just adding more help in that department. We know Naheem Hines had a tremendous end of the year uh, in the punt return department. And Zach Pascal has been returning kicks, but it helps to have another speedster guy that can help you in the kick return and punt return department. So just thought I'd throw that one in there. Um, and then the last guy that the Colts pick here at pick 213, another special teams guy. He plays multiple positions out of Michigan, Jordan Glasgow. He actually was listed as a safety uh, when, when it said the Colts selected him, but he plays some linebacker as well. Um, he's a guy that's a pure effort guy, you know, similar to Robert Windsor. He's a guy that really uh, wins on effort. He's a guy that has a high motor, a guy that's uh, maybe not the best athlete in the world, but he's a guy that's definitely going to give you 110% all the time. Uh, What are your thoughts here on the Colts' last pick of the draft, pick 213, Jordan Glasgow of Michigan? Yeah, I didn't really understand going linebacker since that position is basically set, not only with the big three with Leonard Walker, Okariki, but you also got guys like Zaire Franklin and Matthew Adams. So when I look at Jordan Glasgow, I just see a a special teamer, a guy who's going to probably not make the roster. You know, he lacks a little bit of speed when it comes to open field and in range. So that's why I see him not making the roster for a linebacker. Uh, He's going to give you effort. He's going to give you passion, heart, all that good stuff. Hopefully it's enough to net him a spot on the roster. And, you know, he he wasn't highly, you know, used at Michigan. He was a special teamer guy. And I believe that's actually where Bubba Ventrone and Chris Ballard found him was as a special teams guy. So when I look at Glasgow, I, I just see nothing but a, but a special teamer. Mm-hmm. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention EJ Speed. I know there's probably going to be uh, some some EJ Speed stands that are going to be in our comments saying, 
Why didn't you mention EJ Speed with the linebackers? But I just wanted to to throw that out there. But yeah, you know, he's a guy. Yeah, he's probably going to play more special teams. One thing that I, I wanted to throw out there that I found interesting: out of all the linebackers in college last year, Pro Football Focus ranked him as the number one linebacker at tackling, which I think is is notable. Um, and I think yeah. that's something that the Colts definitely uh, should w- would be intrigued by and are intrigued by. Um, so that's definitely something that could draw you to. But you're right. He's a guy that's limited. It's certainly a limited athlete, a guy that's probably going to find his home on special teams. Um, but, you know, it's the sixth round. So it's like it's not like you're investing a very, very high draft capital into this guy. can help you immediately on special teams. Um, and we know that special teams some kind of, sometimes can be the difference between a win and a loss. And so just adding more good special teams guys. I I'm not opposed to that. And also a guy that's position flexible. If some, if he does make the roster, he can play in the box for you. And he could also play some linebacker on a pinch. So um, overall I, I'm okay with this pick. I'm not over the moon about it, obviously, but, uh, but yeah. Um, okay. So that is the Colts 2020 draft class. Um, and I wanted to finish off this podcast by kind of looking at, okay, the Colts now have filled the wide receiver position, right? They've added to the running back position. Yep. They've got another secondary player, uh, safety, Justin Blackman. They potentially have their quarterback of the future. They drafted some interior offensive line help. Uh, They added to the defensive line, added another corner, um, and added a linebacker and safety. So overall, the Colts addressed a lot of needs. But there may be some needs that they still need to look at, potentially in free agency. Uh, Michael, what are the those positions for you that you think the Colts could be well served to potentially look at addressing um, with the remaining free agents here on the market? Um, what are your top, we'll say top three positions that you think the Colts could maybe add to before the season starts? Uh, that That's an interesting question, to be honest with you. And when I look at this team, I don't see too many holes after free agency and the draft you know I think the Colts actually might be set and focused on training camp OTAs I, I don't think they're making another signing to be honest with you if anything probably defensive end uh, but I've already spoken on that you know let your young guys play know what you have in them are they trade pieces or are there guys that you're going to move forward with uh, you addressed the offensive line address the running back linebacker probably corner might be my number one my number one position of need and guys that are out there right now I consider corner a premier position I mentioned that earlier in the podcast and I'm not going to sign anyone off the street for that position I just think you need guys who are good and free agency was March 18th it is April 26th right now. And if you're still a free agent as a corner, you're probably, probably not that good. So if I'm being honest with you, Cody, I'm probably set in stone with this roster. I would like to see probably if it's a trade mid season or in the draft next year, I am anticipating corner being our top priority. If I'm being honest with you, I'm looking at this <laughs> roster, this depth, and I'm going to go ahead and bank on Kamoko Toure, Ben Banigou as your future starters. I'm going to go ahead and bank on them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I love me some Toure and Banigou. 
When I'm looking at wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, he's going to resign. I have no doubt about that. So, you know, Paris Campbell's still a rookie. Zach Pascal still a rookie. Desmond Patman, I think you're set. Reese Fountain, I think you're set. Quarterback, I hope Jacob Eason turns into a great quarterback. And tight end, still got Jack Doyle. You got a Trey Burton tight end actually might be another uh, position of need. But I, the biggest position I'm probably looking for is probably corner, which I'm anticipating that might be the number one uh, draft choice next year for the Colts. Yeah. I think if I had to choose one, I'd probably go offensive tackle. Just a backup offensive tackle because Laraven Clark's not a guy that you want playing in there. I mean, we saw when Laraven Clark was in there, he uh, was kind of a liability, honestly, at offensive tackle. So I wouldn't mind drafting it or not drafting, signing another offensive tackle. I know like a guy like Cordy Glenn, I think, is still on the market. Just signing a guy to a one-year deal just for some insurance on that offensive line. I mean, the Colts had a rare commodity with having all five of their starters play all 16 games last year. And that's more than likely not going to happen again. So I would like to see them definitely uh, add another, maybe just a veteran guy in there uh, in Cordy Glenn. That would be my only one. Maybe you add to corner, but I feel like you've already signed two corners. Uh, You drafted Rocky SN last year. You think he's going to get better. Kenny Moore is the best slot corner in the game. Um, And then you just draft the guy in Isaiah Rogers. Um, So overall, I think I'm pretty set too. um, As far as all these positions, I I feel like the Colts addressed a lot of the positions. uh, And I don't think you addressed tight end because you just signed Trey Burton. Um, Unless you can get a mega steal on a guy like OJ Howard, which I don't think that you can at this point. um, I would be more than likely just fine with, uh, just rolling with the roster you have now and seeing what you got and some of these young guys that you drafted and and just seeing where you where you stand next year. But um, alrighty, well, thanks, Michael, so much for coming onto the podcast, man. Um, really, kind of last minute, but I really appreciate your time and your insight here on the Colts draft picks and the state of the Colts team now heading into the 2020 season. Hopefully, the Colts have training camp and hopefully we can get down there. Um, and have a lot of fun watching some of these young guys tear it up here for the Colts as rookies. Um, But yeah, guys, that'll do it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, as always, go Colts. 